today on the Terrible Warriors. Wait, it's Thursday. Are you sure there's a... Oh, we're doing... We're doing more. We're doing two a week. Nice. Game Master Derek the Bard gathers his Edmontonites. Edmontonsmen? Edmontonians. I think it's that one. Anyway, he gathers them. He gathers them to play Nightbane. What is Nightbane? Well, from what I can gather, it's set in a future dystopian world where, after America's darkest day, a government body tasked with, oh, let's call it uh, homeland security, curtail the rights of citizens and hunt down the monsters who could possibly hurt them again. Don't worry, it was published in 1995, and it stars actual supernatural monsters. And who are these monsters going to be played by? The ones who hide in plain sight might even be someone you know. Well, you do know them as the Terrible Warriors. Good evening, listeners! This is Derek the Bard from Chasing the Muse here, and I am introducing you to a brand new Terrible Warriors crew this evening. Live from Edmonton, Alberta, except it's live when we're recording this and not live when you're listening. Introducing, from my left... Uh, Will Mitchell. I'm glad to be here. Hi, this is Wes Gunn of the 404s. Uh, Shane Fitzgerald, sometimes of Circuit 42. Cameron Dunn of Viral Outbreak Gaming. Awesome. I have brought together these four guys, and this is the first time that Terrible Warriors Edmonton is playing a game. We are officially a franchise now, people. So, tonight we are playing Nightbane, also known as Night Spawn from Palladium Books. It was produced back in the 90s and was written by CJ Carella. And this evening, I'm not going to have the players tell you what their characters sort of look like. But I'm going to pass it around quickly through the table. Just uh, give us your name and tell us what your character normally looks like. And tell us what you're studying in college. Great. Uh, well, uh, I am playing Chad Bruzlovsky. Uh Chad is uh, here at college uh, studying kinesiology. Um, <clears throat> Chad is a, a fairly good-looking fellow. Uh, nothing too particularly crazy. Um, standing at a, uh, a fairly impressive four foot five, this uh, stocky, uh, athletic young man uh, has a, a nice twinkle in his hazel eyes and uh, a, a nice sort of shortly uh, buzzed set of brown hair. Um, he's a friendly guy. Uh, he's very outgoing, um, known around uh, campus for having a bit of a temper on him. Um, and uh, yeah, he's here on a powerlifting scholarship. Awesome, Wes. Well, tonight I'll be playing John Ambrose Fontroy, a young a young Republican from the Deep South. You see, his parents paid for his political sciences scholarship with a minor in finances. He's a foy, he's a all-American. He is, of course, well-pedigreed, jockeying to be in the Young Republican Party, and then eventually, possibly, well, we'll see... The student body president. Da 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 da. Shane. Oh boy, how do I follow that up? Uh, <laughs> uh, my character's name is Ken Matthews, but to the maybe half a dozen people on campus he actually talks to, uh, he insists to be called Matthias because he's a. <laughs> he is basically an emo, one of those emo poet types. Uh, people rarely see what he looks like because he's always got a hoodie up, he's covering his face, and he only leaves his dorm room 
and the light of his computer screen um, if he really, really has to, which basically means classes and lunch sometimes. Cam. And I am playing Sean McDonald. He is a very tall, kind of just average-looking guy. He's going to school for a football scholarship, trying to aim for the NFL. <laughs> um, yeah, not much to say. He's kind of just doesn't say much, honestly. <laughs> all right. And they're all going to, we'll call it an unnamed university in New York City. A lot of this is going to be unnamed, mainly because I, Derek, have only been to New York once. And this game was written almost entirely to be set in the U.S. So, our game today is set in the April. No, actually, uh, we're going to call it the April of the year 2001. So I want you to roll back your memories, guys, before the smartphone. Oh, God, I have a pager. <laughs> oh, my God, you do have a pager. You totally have a pager. Um, and a year ago, the world was plunged into chaos. On March 6, 2000, the sun didn't come up. Or at least the satellites say that it came up. But for 24 hours, the world was covered in a shroud of darkness, through which no light penetrated. So my favorite day, basically. <laughs> uh, no, Dark Day was probably no single human being's favorite day, unless they were an apocalypse cultist. Dark Day resulted in mass rioting, mass suicides, mass hysteria, dogs and cats living together. <laughs> but stranger things happened. They say that monsters started showing up at that point. No one really believes the nebulous them. But all of your paranoid times, all of your conspiracy websites, they say that something happened. They say that some of them say it's alien. Some of them say it's Cthulhu. Some of them say it's a mass government conspiracy of some sort. Some of them say it's Mexicans. Well, I say it's Mexicans. <laughs> you, you are just going to grow up to be Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump. Yes. That's topical humor right now. Oh, dear God, I hope it's just topical humor when this comes out. Oh, boy. Humor. Emphasis. Anyway, Dark Day left the world changed, and a lot of people disappeared very mysteriously, or they started acting very strangely afterwards. And then things got worse. In the wake of Dark Day, the United States elected the Preserver Party, who were, up until that point... A far right wing, uh, so right that you can tell how naively written this book is, so right that the Republicans wouldn't have anything to do with them, um, into power. And then it was alleged by the Preserver Party that there was a massive conspiracy of United States federal government agencies against them to overthrow the president and take over the country in a coup d'etat. So, uh, there's no FBI anymore, there's no NSA, there's no DEA, there's no uh, DIA, there's no Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. There is just the National Security Bureau, the NSB. And the NSB is every sort of dystopian, Gestapo-esque, men-in-black government agency trope that you can think of. 
These guys are every boogeyman that you would think that Homeland Security that Homeland Security was supposed to be, uh, and that we've kind of stopped talking about as a trope over time. They are somewhat menacing, and they are everywhere. Now it's about it's over a year later, and civil liberties have sort of returned to normal. I mean, Supreme Court judges said that yeah, it's okay to okay. Guys, this book was written before 9-11 and the Patriot Act. They pretty much predicted the Patriot Act in here. Oh. I, I want to say dystopian worldview is put forward in this book. It's all just basically the Patriot Act. Taken to a slightly higher degree. Yup. The fact you said slightly kind of alarms me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So it's a year later. And... You are all college students in New York. And you know what? You're coming to the end of your first of your first year at university. You've grown as people. I laugh at Will because <laughs> he's been getting that joke all his life. His entire life since grade three. Will's character is a tiny, tiny man. It's true. Yes. But <laughs> then... Where it counts, bro. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> What was the joke we made? If you fail out as uh, being a weightlifter, you could always become a porn star? Uh, well, that's that's the, oh, his, his fallback plan. <laughs> I'm just going to say this flat out. I in think the our biggest dream. flaw already is that we didn't record the character creation for this. Because it is batshit loony. <laughs> it's true. The problem was that the core aspect... We'll talk about that in a bit of a debrief after the game. Right. At various points in time over the last month, you all have experienced a very odd situation. And you were all in some kind of weird bit of trauma where you were often alone, or at least you were the only survivor. And you became something else. And I don't mean this, like, metaphorically, if you became another person. I mean you literally became this whole other entity. And if you were mugged, you killed the mugger. You ripped him to shreds. If you were in a car accident, you walked away as the sole survivor if you were in any kind of life-threatening situation, you survived, but you survived when no one else was looking. No one is aware of what has happened to you, but it's completely changed your perspective because you are a supernatural entity now. You are something inhuman, and a couple of you are actually starting to wonder if you were ever even human at all. You're starting to wonder if you can really even think of yourself as a person anymore or as this whole other thing. Well, what you got supernatural on your sheet when you were rolling up your... Uh... I got it. Right here. <laughs> so, Will and Cam, you both feel more attached to being a supernatural being than being a human. You might kind of look out for humans as uh, someone you maybe should protect, maybe help out, maybe watch out for. But you don't consider yourself one of them anymore. I can hardly consider that after my character. Given what this. Cam turns into, which we will describe in a bit... It's true. But it's also caused you to kind of open your eyes to the weird things happening around you. And over the last couple weeks, you've noticed each other as you've been going around campus. And it's not just like, oh, you know, you vaguely know that guy from the cafeteria. You were all in, like, your freshman orientation together. No, it's more than that. It's You look at them, and you realize that whatever you are, they are as well. And so some of you, Shane, the shy one, might it might have taken you a while to, you know, you're not really sure what to do with that. You're very shy. 
Some of our more outgoing people, however, might have started approaching others. And thus you find yourselves, as the game starts, in a campus after-hours coffee shop. It's about 2 a.m. No, it's about 3 a.m. Even the most dedicated of the crammers has long since gone back to their dorm rooms at this point to annoy their roommates with more studying. And it's basically just the four of you sitting together in a booth in the back. Well, I suppose you're all wondering why I've gathered you all here. Yeah, man. I gotta sleep. Gotta get sleep if I want my gains. Right. I'm sure we all can tell that there's something off and different with all of us. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my character doesn't really say anything, but he does kind of nod a little bit as he just stares intently at his at his coffee. Well, it's very clear that we need to kind of establish some a hierarchy of some sorts, because it appears we're the only ones like us on campus that we know of. We seem friendly, cordial, willing to blend in. I, for one, don't want to get hunted down by the government. I want to get the Republicans voted back in, because that would be good for America. What about you, Tiny? What happened to you? Oh, you're talking to me? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of almost miss y'all. Chad kind of puffs his chest up a little bit, flexing his various rippling thews. Did you just say thews? I did describe uh, Chad's pecs Who as are you? Are you Edgar thews. Rice Burroughs in disguise? <laughs> uh, apparently when I'm speaking in enough bro science, I channel him. Okay. <laughs> Edgar Rice Burroughs was a bro. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> so yeah, Chad flexes a little bit. <clears throat> I, uh... I was doing my, my regular A day, you know, so uh, a bench and then deadlift uh, and then some, some back squats. Uh, uh, really make sure that the chain is good and get the guns out, huh? But, uh, well, I, it was late. Didn't have a spotter. And, uh, and maybe I reached a little too far. Maybe I almost dropped 800 pounds on my ribcage. Maybe I did. Maybe it didn't kill me. Well, that's a wonderful story. I, uh, I myself, well, after a night of partying and schmoozing with the faculty, trying to get my nomination for the student body president, I decided to get in my car. <laughs> like I usually do, I need a little pick-me-up, you know. It's a busy time here at school. So I snorted four or five rails of cocaine and went for a drive. Uh, I smashed my mom's car into a, a tree, and I walked away just fine. It's a little confusing to me. Of course, my pe- that's the third or fourth car. My, I've wrecked. My parents don't think anything of it. They just paid it off. Here I am. Should be dead. Uh, I, well, the character talking, obviously. Uh, I was just walking home from a, from a poetry thing. And some mugger tried to grab me, and I don't like being touched. I just don't. So I just kind of spin around, and I don't really remember what happened after that, but I came home, and I had blood on me, and it wasn't mine. So I really don't know what happened to the guy, but I assume he's dead. I, um, uh... 
we were in a football game, and the quarterback, for some reason, passed me, of all people, the ball, and I had to run. I got the touchdown, but then my asthma started acting up really bad, and I kind of just passed out, and that was that. I woke up kind of like that. Hey, you know what's really good for asthma? Protein. Keep that in mind. I, I, I thought he was a water boy. Sometimes. <laughs> fair, fair. I ain't gonna judge. Not all everybody has the right connections. So the question we have to ask is, what are we gonna do about it? Well, you know, I'm not gonna lie, bros. Ever since this happened, I, I've been killing it in the gym. It's been amazing. Well, I, I, uh, I obviously didn't get the same package you did. Perhaps maybe we should show each other what the cards on the table when there's no one around, of course. Um, and as you're saying that, um, you you all just kind of realize there's a guy standing beside your table. Uh, and you, it, it's really weird. It's like you, you never noticed that he was there before and you're not 100% sure when he showed up. Um, he looks to be... Um, he looks to be in about his early 50s. Um black uh he's going bald and you recognize him vaguely you've never actually seen him in person before but he's one of the grad school lecturers um you're not sure professor stevens professor matthew something like that um he, he's got the stereotypical academic camouflage outfit on it's the um the blazer with the leather patches on the elbows and the slacks, and the... Uh, Is he smoking a pipe? <laughs> he smells of pipe smoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, gentlemen, I'd suggest not showing it here. Do you mind if I join you? Uh, something tells me that you've been joining us this entire time. Only the last few minutes. Uh, and you, you do recognize, and it, as it's kind of going through your heads, he pings. Like, all of you ping. Whatever you are, he is as well. Uh, and he slides in um, into the booth. Well. Guys, you have had a shock. But it is... I, I hope you'll excuse my enthusiasm. It's amazing to see four of you on the same campus together who all went through the same... We'll call it a situation near the same time. That is almost what you might call fate. Divine providence is what I would say. These are gifts from God. Uh, that's what some people have said in the past, but I don't think that God has a great deal to do with it. I'm sorry, where, where's my head at? Professor Noel Stevens. So. I teach archaeology here. And he kind of looks over his shoulder. Uh, he, he checks that the... Um, 
the like the the waitress is uh, is off at the end. No, they they're basically giving you guys a wide berth. Um, you haven't really been asking for much coffee lately, so. <sighs> I'm going to drop one bit of information to start with, and it's more of a question. Some of you might actually know. How many of you here are adopted? Yeah. Yeah? Uh-huh. Oh, no, my parents worked very hard to have me. You were adopted, son. <laughs> right, Sure. I look just like my parents. Both of them have black hair. I have blonde hair. It's how, it's how God willed it. <laughs> it's a tough pill to swallow, I know. I had to go through the same thing back when I was a kid. You've experienced a process that we call the becoming. Yo, yo, who's this we? Um, others like us, others like you, like me. Cool. We have a... There's a couple different names to apply to what we are, but... You were never human to begin with. You were in a... I think the entomological term would be a chrysalis stage. You were... What you became was always what you were. But it only became evident in a time of great need when you had to call upon it. And at that point, it's it's all very strange. I know, I don't even fully understand how it works myself. But that other side of you, this other part of you is formless. And then when you need to call upon it, it takes a shape based on you, based on what's inside of you. And from there, it stays like that. It becomes really your natural form. And I I have to admit, I'm very excited. I've been on this campus for six years now, and I have never found another one like me here. So now you found us. Now what? Well, now I would really like to put you in contact with some people that actually work more on teaching people like us than I do. I'm... You might say I'm an observer. I'm... keeping an eye on the campus for others like us, for things that might be problematic to the people here. So you're like spotting the campus. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a that that sure, we'll go with that. Okay, cool. No, okay, but wait. Why? Cause like Why am I spotting the campus? Yeah, right? Like you're looking out for, like, us, but, like, like what, are we, like, radioactive or something? No, we're hunted. Like by the Democrat Party. <laughs> I wish. Like? I wish it was like that. By an ancient evil 
that sees us as one of the few threats to its power. Dark Day. That was it. That was them. More of our kind have been appearing since then. But look, we can't stay here for very long. If... If four of you came together in one spot, there's a chance that you're going to have shown up on their radar. We show up on radar now. They're not going to make us test subjects, are they? No, man, if you're hunting something, you're going to eat it. If you're lucky. Uh, This is the United States of America. The only people that do any observing is the lawfully elected government. And at that point... Oh my god, you did the you did the perfect setup for that one. <laughs> the door of the coffee shop bursts open. Um and eight guys, all of them wearing black two-piece suits with little American uh flag pins on their lapels. Holy shit, it's a lawfully elected government. <laughs> with guns drawn, burst in, and the guy at the front shouts National Security Bureau. Everybody on the ground. Uh, Chad immediately throws his hands above his head and shouts out, I swear to God, I didn't think there was any actual tiger in that. And he hits the ground. (laughs) Chad throws his hands above his head, making himself the size of an actual person. Of a a, a regularly sized person. Yeah, did you need a booster seat when you were sitting down? God, this is just going to be endless short jokes on Chad's expense. Uh, Oh, oh, he'll God. get his one out. I yell, do you know who my father is? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, one of the agents comes over. Um, Daddy? <laughs> I, he rolled a one. He was going to smack you. Oh, God. <laughs> he slips on oil on the ground and hits... He he goes to smack you, and he slips on a little bit of fryer oil that fell off some plate that the waitress was carrying, and goes flat on his face. <laughs> First roll of this new chapter of Terrible Warriors, and it's a motherfucking um, one. It's a one. Um, yeah, the prophecy yeah. is being fulfilled. He's on the floor. Is he like kind of hanging off of the table? Yeah. Um, no, uh, on a on a one, that's a full on pratfall there. I, I, I pointed him and pointed the rest of the guys. He knows who my father is. Back down. <laughs> okay, yeah, that'll hit. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, another one of the guy. Um, the guy on the ground. Um, even though he's still on the ground, scissors his legs and takes your legs out from under you, drops you, and does. Yeah, do it. Um. And does like a karate roll onto his feet, uh, with his gun drawn pointed at you. I guess you don't know who my dad is, do you? Shut the fuck up! He just spit a Rooney your ass. (laughs) Guys, just just comply, all right? Come on. It's it's just a pat down. Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw my hands up, kind of just like do anything. Um. I'm doing the same. I'm keeping my head down because that's. Which of you guys has the higher? Um, crap! I don't even know what the hell the perception skill in this game is. Sometimes I'm going to go with mental endurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, for eighteen normally. Chad is unsurprisingly a five. Twelve. Nine. Okay, uh, Cam. Roll a d twenty for me. Okay. Oh. God. <laughs> 
Nope. <laughs> oh, boy. All you smell is the faint, persistent odor of your own urination. So I'm just having, like, an asthma attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just starts having an asthma attack. Um, and they, they, they point to, um, to, to Professor Stevens as well. And, and they're, like, on the ground. And he takes a step back. And he spends a couple PPE. And he makes his roll. Um, and a cloud of darkness starts pouring out of his hands. Um, and when I say pouring, I mean, like, literally. like literally, like, the room is almost filling up with smoke, but it doesn't smell like smoke. What the fuck? If you value your lives, get the hell out of here. Don't need to tell Chad twice. <laughs> I've been, I've been in enough parties broken up to know what this is like. <laughs> Not even gonna say anything, just book. Yeah, I'm gonna try and book it out there. Just Overcome your asthma attack and make a run for it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help him. Yeah, Chad's yep. already gone. Ho, he's gonna help him out. Okay, have one of those like big inhalers with the like extensions. Everybody will. Of course. He rolled a three. Oh, I know. Uh, we'll take five points of SDC damage as basically the agents blindly open fire into the uh, cover of darkness. Had he been shooting at anybody other than Chad, he would have got him square between the shoulder blades. But as it is, he parts my hair. <laughs> to be fair, that extra two feet height difference do- between you and the rest of the group does actually come to your advantage there. You know, oh, yeah. a couple bullets wing over your head. Uh, you guys get grazes. Um, and you, um, you lose Professor Stevens just in that cloud of blackness. Um, as you basically run for the back door of the diner. Um, you get outside. You can see in front, there are like uh, half a dozen police cars, lights flashing that have cordoned off the street. Um, but you can uh, you can basically run behind the place and you'll, um, you'll just kind of run in between some buildings for a bit. Yo, but like, what, a, what about Professor Smokehams? <laughs> I, I just signal to you and go, no, 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 this way. <laughs> yeah, but dude, we can't leave him behind. He knows more about what's going on than any of us. He does. My character goes and kind of goes like, do it with a sigh, and they're like, oh, he does. Yeah, he knows more than us, right? And so, like, if he ends up in some yeah, like, horrible prison, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now comes the question. Do you guys want to shift into your Morphous forms? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Chad Considering does. it might help me from that asthma attack. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, so what happens is, um, w- with that all, with that kind of general agreement between you, um, each of you concentrates and you feel deep within yourself for that that kind of primal trigger you felt the first time that you changed your shape, and it boils out of you. the The way it appears is different for each of you, but. The final effect is that you will assume your morphous form. And I'm going to go around the table starting with Will. And he's going to describe what his alternate character shape looks like. Because boy, howdy. So, uh, in my head, this is sort of like a, a, a bit of a like transformation sequence happening in the... Uh, if we were to make the made-for-TV version of this. Uh, and so, yeah, Chad focuses and begins to move back into uh, the restaurant. Um... And as he goes, you know, he's striding with strength. Like, he's he's built like a brick shithouse, just, like, real small. A Lilliputian shithouse. 
And as he goes, and you think he's getting further away from you, you realize he's kind of just marching in place and shrinking. Um, and as as he's he's as he's going, he's trying his best to move forward. Um, but as he's going, his legs are are becoming more and more diminutive. Uh, and finally, as he sort of reaches a, a critical mass, there's almost a low bass, like, whoop, and something inside his soul ignites and begins radiating sort of like a, a, a white-yellow light off of his now very tiny body. He's about 210 tops right now, um, and his arms have extended and then sort of narrowed further and further and further down to points to the point you can barely see that he has hands at all. Um, he's almost like a, like a stick man, or like he reached into a, across the event horizon of a theoretical black hole, um, and his hands just kind of go to infinity. Um, there, there's also a mannequin-like quality to your appearance, almost like a, a bit plasticky. That's right. He, he looks fake. He, he, he looks um, like a toy. Um, and yeah, as he goes, he, he, he reaches with his sort of non-Euclidean geometry hands for uh, a metal tray on a cart. Um, just in case. Okay. And then, Wes. Well, John kind of straightens his uh, tie as he's prone to do and kind of cracks his neck to the one side. And as he's doing so, like, th- you see mandibles coming out of his mouth. And, like, it feels like a skin kind of, like, sheds away around his head, revealing a wasp kind of like like an insect, like, like you think of a wasp or an ant or something like that. Um, and, like, from kind of from a suit, like shadowy forms. He kind of like, almost like he's quasi-phased out of existence, but he's still there. And then from those shadows, like, he kind of like shrugs his shoulders and like these two shadowy feathered wings kind of come off the back. He basically looks like a shadow fallen angel that, that is also an ant or, an, or a wasp of some sort. Yeah. Um, he is made of three-dimensional shadows, so what you more see is... Like, you see the edges of things about him, but it's weirdly indistinct. And when he stands still in the darkness, it's almost like he just becomes part of it. Shane? Okay. Uh, uh, my character basically sounds like he's kind of chanting to himself in a dead language. <laughs> <laughs> Summoning your inner Cthulhu. <laughs> I was expecting to play Lincoln Park, but okay. <laughs> I'm sure in Latin, I'm sure it would be like crawling in my skin in Latin or something. <laughs> and by the way, the Cthulhu reference comes from the guy wearing a shirt with that has Cthulhu as the Kool Aid man. Really? Yeah. I've been waiting all night to say that. But anyway, so he's chanting, and the little bit of uh, his skin that you can see, the color just starts draining out of it. So it's like pale almost gray and then while this like subtle little transition is happening all of a sudden from out of nowhere barbed wire bursts out from behind him and starts covering every inch of his body keep in mind that the the kind of vampire you look like is like nosferatu from the film i'm getting to okay good good like and as that happens like long long yellowish claws start forcing their ways out of his fingertips and his teeth start turning into like almost like needles and everything and like the hood starts pushing back and like he said it basically looks like a Nosferatu vampire and his shoes burst apart and he's got cloven hooves as well 
and Cam, who I, I gotta say before he goes into this, um, Cam rolled on one of the tables and he got a natural 100, which meant that he rolled on the table three times and took all of the results. And what came out of it is quite simply beautiful. <laughs> all right, so Sean, as he's heading back to the door, kind of his face starts glowing and just starts erupting in flame as like it's burned off his face and you see like a skull with only one eye and uh, it burns off uh, his skin and you just see like scales forming and then big kind of I don't know what to call it, like armored back <laughs> out of it um, and yeah it kind of gets like more of a lizard kind of form. Very uh, knobbly lizard. Yeah. And you get the tail. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he's basically just like a cycloptic ankylosaur <laughs> with a ghost rider head. I... <laughs> this game is beautiful. You randomly generate these things. <laughs> and sometimes they work perfectly like with Will. And sometimes... Sometimes you get glowing-eyed, flaming-skulled, cyclops, ankylosaur, reptiloid. <laughs> um, so, um, as you all assume these forms, you feel energy and power and strength rush into you. Um, this feels good. This feels natural. It feels right. There's something fundamental about this that calls to something inside of you. And as you walk in, you find... Um, Shane and Cam especially, because you can see through uh, total darkness. Yeah. Um, Professor Stevens isn't there anymore. He is now a nine-foot skeleton made of metal um, that has these hanging wires coming off of it. Dude, I love Iron Maiden. <laughs> um, and a crown of, um, like, a literal crown of thorns these hugely exaggerated, uh, like, rose thorns around his head. Um, and he is being attacked by a bunch of men in black with pistols who seem to actually be able to hit him despite the fact that he's primarily made of bone. He looks like a character out of Skeleton Warriors, basically. <laughs> and yes, I did randomly generate this beforehand. Oh, um, God. And, but you see that the lead agent, the guy who was shouting all the orders originally, uh, he's kind of standing back and he's got a cell phone out and he's talking in it. You don't recognize the language. Um, it sounds vaguely Middle Eastern, but I, all, you're all first year students. None of you said you were going into like archaeology or anthropology. Uh, so you will not recognize Babylonian when it's spoken. No. I don't know. One of you might be like, wait a minute. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. Um, so, Why would you... he be studying cultures that the Republican Party wants to kick out of the country anyways? <laughs> <laughs> He's very selective. Of I think the Babylonians are long <laughs> past the point of being kicked out of America. That's never stopped Donald Trump before. <laughs> in the part where they died out 3,000 years they'll, ago. They'll try and come back. <laughs> I'm going to build a wall around them. Babylonians. We're going to build a wall around Babylon. And I'll make the Mayans pay for it. <laughs> You know what? That that is exactly as nonsensical as I expect from uh, 
sad part is you should be a scriptwriter for Donald Trump. Oh, God. <laughs> Build a wall around Babylon to make the Mayans pay for it. Okay, so what are you guys doing? Um, um, is the door... I'm going to actually use the, the door as a shield. Maybe. Use the door... You are a shield! In the back... In the front as well. Cam, I think just learning that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I, new and confused. Uh, Chad picked up a tray. Yep. He's got a cell phone. Uh, no, you're not calling for backup. Chad's going to hurl the tray at him. Okay. Roll a d20. Let's see what you get. You get a plus one bonus to... Uh... Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? In the first couple of rolls. This is the third one. <laughs> oh boy. Chad goes to throw the tray. Yeah. Chad misunderstood his own strength. Very likely. Um so he he picks up the tray and he goes to hurl it, but his uh, little tiny dolly hands don't quite release it in time. Um and you keep holding it and you slam it into the ground. You basically go almost like a 360 with it. Mm-hmm. Uh and it rips apart as it hits the ground. You're putting so much force into Just it. Smash oh, it to pieces. And I yeah. threw it on the ground. Uh, Wes. <laughs> All right, so I am going to go. I can fly. That's one of the things I can do. I can fly, and is it still, like, all shadowy darkness from where he kind of, like... Inside the diner. Yeah, so I'm going to try and use my, like, 80% invisible in darkness. I'm going to, like, fly up and over and go to the guy with the cell phone. You're not going to be able to fly inside. It's inside? It. Can I make a prowl check to get in there? Then? Honestly, with the Shroud of Darkness and your darkness form, you could walk around in there all day long, buck naked, and no one would re- notice you. Well, I'm not going to do butt naked, but I want to go up to the guy with, uh, with the uh, the cell phone. Okay, you want to make an attack on him? Well, I'm, out of everybody here, my attack is kind of, well, frankly, a little embarrassing. Um, but I do happen to have, like, a really good charisma score. I'm just going to whisper, like, horrible things to make him freak out and leave. Do you think I could try that? That seems like it's actually a decent idea. Projecting your voice in the shadow. Yeah. Roll a d20. <clears throat> oh. Natural 20. Holy shit! The curse is broken. <laughs> the, I, I, I think that, uh, that Wes may have broken the curse by whirling our first natural 20. Uh, da, 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 da. It has literally gone 1, 1, 1, 20. Ah. Uh, well... It was a really, really good roll. It's one slight problem. And you, you go in, you, you whisper into his ear. What are you whispering? Gay marriage is what's making the bees die. <laughs> like, and that's how this voice sounds in that form. It's a very deep, dark, sinister voice. And your idea for distracting him to say gay marriage is making the bees die. <laughs> that's right. Wesley, you're a beautiful, beautiful man. That's... I, um, well, so, huh. <laughs> I'm going to roll for him. Okay. Um, he's talking into his phone with one hand. Gamer, just breaking the beast, <laughs> Um, His other hand quick draws his pistol, points it over his shoulder at you. His head literally twists around. Mm-hmm. Uh, like fucking Exorcist, like 180, and he pulls the trigger. Well, that's unexpected. You only take five damage, but oh, well, whatever. Oh, it's unexpected. You're like, I didn't know he could do that. Um, what? <laughs> that's a new trick. <laughs> um, and then he says in perfectly unaccented English, 
I'm going to have to call you back, sir. Uh, I know he wasn't calling his wife. Shane? Okay, so... Okay, so when talking with these guys, I mentioned that uh, my character doesn't really remember what happened when his first transformation occurred. As soon as he transforms this time, he remembers. He remembers exactly what he did to the mugger. Knows for sure the mugger is dead. (laughs) So he's going to try and do the same thing to one of the agents. He's basically going to charge at one and attack it with his claws. Do it, man. Roll a d20. Do you have any bonuses that would bring that up? What uh, is your physical prowess significantly higher in your more? No, it's not. Oh, you're going to whiff that, man. I'm sorry. Damn it. For the record, I have crazy damage on my claws. You you do. Um, these guys rolled some sickeningly high damage powers. Um, but you kind of whiff at them. Um, you know what? It's pitch black in there. Yeah. Um, you're not really used to fighting like this before either. Cam? Yeah. Although, sorry, pitch black isn't really an excuse for me since I seem to have night vision good for 2,000 feet. Ah, you're still getting used to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to... I have the door, right? Yeah. I'm just going to kind of... Are you going to rip the door? And... Do you want to rip the door off its hinges or something? Yeah, or? and then bull rush them. Okay. Yeah, all right. Roll me a d20. Six. Uh, do you have any PP bonuses? That uh, my Use. PP base is twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Yeah. So I think that was um, you know, it's like a plus five. You, you'll hit. Okay. Um, roll me your punch damage. <laughs> okay. Which what was it? It's sixty-six uh, plus twenty. It's uh yeah. <laughs> That's a couple fives. That's a lot of fives. 24 plus 20. 44. Okay. So, uh, the darkness starts to break up a little bit as uh, the fight continues. And then what you see charging out of the darkness is Cam's weirdo Ankylosaur Ghost Rider creature screaming like a maniac as he collides with two of the agents. Um, deer is caught in the headlight. You break them. (laughs) Like, I don't know what other way to put it. You break them. Um, When you stop, you stop against a wall, and um, you splat them. Nice. Uh, I'm I'm going for two that you take down at this point because of how goddamn big you are. And plus a door attached. <laughs> <laughs> Plus door. Yeah. Uh, and she's... Can someone go and get the door, please? <laughs> um, and as you see uh, that, one of the agents engaging um, Professor Stevens, or at least giant uh, iron skeleton dude, um, uh, pulls the trigger. Um, giant iron skeleton dude manages to avoid him, gets inside his defenses, and basically um, puts a very pointed hand up through the guy's chest and then tosses him away. And we're going to go into the next round, at which point, uh, due to the cell phone, starting to freak the hell out a little bit. Um, and, And he starts screaming. And you don't know the language once again, but you're pretty sure those are some pretty bad words he's saying. Hmm. Um, you know, you just learned how to call someone a motherfucker in Babylonian. Cool. 
Um, well, okay, so throwing a tray didn't work so good. So I think uh, Chad is going to go with the, the, the bog standard strong guy move. Are you going to hit a dude with another dude? I'm going to hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chad's going to sort of, like, run in there uh, and get behind one of them because they probably aren't going to see him coming. Nope. Being so yep. small and they're distracted. Um, there are five of them now, total count. Uh, well, there are four guys with guns and then another guy on a cell phone. Yeah, he's going to grab one Whose of Whose head is currently twisted around not looking at you. Perfect. Grab one of the guys with guns uh, who is sort of looking at and shooting at the giant metal skeleton by basically the ass. I'm going to get like his get him by the belt so I can reach that. Uh, and then, yeah, hurl him up on uh, overhead and hurl him at the guy with his head turned around. Hard as I can. Okay, give me a roll. <laughs> roll me a d20. River City ransom his ass. 14. Okay, um, that, that you will almost certainly... Yeah, you pick him up. Well, and then give me a roll to throw him. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, 15. Okay. Uh, if that counts as striking, I don't think it does, but maybe. Um, what's your strength? Your strength bonus is like a 20, plus 22 to damage or something like that? Uh, it's plus 23, but I have a penalty for my tiny hands. Plus 21, gotcha. Okay. So, yep, you, uh, you pick him up, and you toss him. And he flies across the room screaming as he goes, collides with the guy that Wes is standing beside and has just been shot by. And so, Wes, you're just standing there, and suddenly you just see the screaming dude fly across and slam dead center mass into the guy who just shot you, slams him against the wall. You hear a couple things crack. Is it the wall? Some of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's already taken damage from my ball. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and, yeah. So, Wes, what are you going to do? Well, again, my, well, I'm going to try and do, like, the using the socialist kind of aspect. Because my character's kind of like, he, he's by the books. He doesn't want to kill government agents because they're the lawfully elected officials of the government. But he's more than okay with getting them to kill each other. The way roundabout way law works. Uh, in this case, it's not really going to help you just because of what these guys are. Oh, okay. I guess I could just go with just the ye old uh, attack. I'm, can I just? You're still supernaturally strong. Okay. So. Uh, can I go with? Um, I'm going to try and stay in that shrinking sh- uh, cloud of darkness. Though. Yep. And um, we'll just go up to one and just be like from behind me, like one of the gun guys. Yeah, sure. Give me a roll. Four. I have a plus three strikes of seven. Awesome. You'll hit him. Uh, so roll your strike. Was well, your strike only 2d6? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty sad, actually. 2d6 plus, uh, I think, 5, so... Okay, that's fine. That's still 11 damage. Yeah, and for, for perspective, aren't there guns doing 2d6 plus something? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, your punches are only as strong as a 9mm pistol. I, I want you to keep in mind, the average human has 12 SDC... And about 10 to 13 hit points. So. Oh, no, for sure. It's just with the party comparison. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, keep in mind, though, you're also the only one who can fly. Yeah, and I'm all the only one that has actually any real sneaking abilities. Too. It's yes. true. Um, so you slam him in the back. You definitely hear something go crack in there. Um, probably a rib. You just kind of get in behind him, give him a good body blow to the back. Oh, it's just like when I was uh, picking on somebody with their lunch money. <laughs> yep. But you got other people to do it for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And so um, he drops his gun and goes stumbling. Shane, okay. you, you got a posse of guys with guns. You've got two dudes over in a corner who just uh, got knocked down. Cam just squished two guys against a wall, and uh, they pop like balloons. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. Can't keep like I said. Keep in perspective. These guys, on average, could take about twenty-five to thirty points of damage before they die, and you dealt them forty-four. Yeah, smash the rampaging dinosaur. <laughs> Open the door. Get on the floor. <laughs> the <laughs> He's a flaming skull dinosaur. <laughs> Shane. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I'm just going to try a, uh, another claw attack on one of the... Roll it. 19. That'll do it. Awesome. Roll your damage. Okay, so that's like 5d6 plus 8. So, 1, 2, uh, eight. 8, yep. 11, 11. 16, 24. Twenty-four. Yeah, you come up behind him. You rip him open. Nice. Like you leave, and it's not just like those claw mark, those five claw marks up his back. It's as your arm passes, all of the barbed wire hooks into him and rips away at him as well. And it's horrific. Like this, this guy goes down in a spray of gore. Um, he is bleeding out now. Um, and Professor Stevens um, reaches over to one of them and just snaps his neck. Keeping in mind that he is twice as tall as several of you. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, when he hits the ground as he's bleeding, I like lurch. You over go to him. feed. <laughs> well, before I before I actually feed, I lurch over him and right into his ear. I go, "I will tear your soul apart," and just just start feeding on him. Yeah. So he 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 literally goes in and just cl- teeth down on the neck. Glug, glug, glug. Uh, your damage is healed, Shane. Shane has a power written into his vampire thing that lets him heal damage by drinking blood. Um, and you bas- you've taken down all the guys, except that the lead agent, who is now underneath another guy and looks like he has a broken leg and possibly two broken arms, his head revolves backwards to look at you. And something kind of processes, and you realize you don't think he's blinked the whole time that he's been here. And also that his face looks weirdly kind of waxen. Like, there, he, he has no real expression to it. And when he speaks, it's with this almost insectile voice. <laughs> Kill our pawns, Nightbane. The hounds are coming for you. Kill the pawns. We will still take you. (laughs) And as he starts laughing, off in the distance, you can hear, you start hearing howling. And it's not, it's almost like wolf howling, but it's got almost a human aspect to it and a metallic aspect to it. Almost like, um, it almost sounds in a way like robot dogs. And I'm going to end it there for the night. So, for our first game of Terrible Warriors Edmonton, I've been your Game Master for the evening, Derek the Bard from Chasing the Muse, and I am joined with... Will Mitchell. Wes Gunn. Shane Fitzgerald. Cameron Dunn. And we'll be seeing you next week. 
The Terrible Warriors is a production of us, the Terrible Warriors. Thanks for listening, and as you can tell, we're going to be doing more than one campaign a week, Mondays and Thursdays, which reminds me, come back on Monday as we return to Star Wars Embers of the Jedi, our long-form RPG, now being taken over by Game Master Derek the Bard. Oh, get used to that. He's going to be running a couple games for a while. And Nightbane will return in two weeks' time. I wonder what will happen next. I predict shadowy characters hiding in the shadows, talking shadowily. And we've got some exciting news coming up, but I don't really know the details yet, so I'm not going to mention it. I'm just going to hint. This is the teaser of the teaser of a special announcement coming soon on Terrible Warriors. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors, where you'll hear all the information first before we have a chance to record it into the podcast. If you like what you hear, or you hate it, and you want us to do something different, send us anything at feedback at terriblewarriors.com. Don't send us anything. Try and make it related to the podcast. We would love to hear game reports, by the way. That would be cool. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Terrible Warriors.